and welcome to the Get Offset Podcast. My name is Emily. My name is Andrew. And Andrew is back for a regular episode. It's amazing. It's amazing. You were gone. You were gone the other week and I had to get my buddy Jim to fill in last minute. Is that how easy it was to replace me? (laughs) Uh, Actually... I think I told you like on Saturday that I wasn't going to be able to make it for the Tuesday release. And it took you less than 12 hours to find a replacement just like that. I'm pretty sure it took me like 15 minutes to get Jim to agree to do it. And not just any replacement. You got Jim freaking Bryson. Yeah, I know. It's pretty cool. <laughs> like, like I've seen you at Bonnaroo. <laughs> so I'm, I am forever inadequate as far as co-host goes. I got to so. ask if you listened to that episode because <laughs> <laughs> did you, did you listen? <laughs> Can I be really honest? Yeah. I've been so busy with a move. I haven't listened to anything of substance. <laughs> well, he jokes that you, that you are, that you had a church activity and that's why you couldn't be on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> he says that you're, he says that he thinks it's really nice that you're a Unitarian. Oh no, I'm not Unitarian. I know. No, no, no. Oh no. No, 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 no. I no. I know. I know. He knew also not, not that I not that I dislike Unitarians, just from a theological perspective, universalism is not something I can get behind. Yes. Um but uh no, he uh, Anywho. And there were a few other things, but uh basically if there was a, a, a joke for you to be the butt of, you became the butt of it. And I missed some well, swears. No. I don't know if I want to listen to it now. That's just so, oh, I'm so sad. No, you In would love fairness, it. In all fairness, I did go to two different churches today alone. Jeez. Uh, so <laughs> <Us>. <laughs> uh, I went to my regular church, admittedly, for the first time this month because we've been so busy prepping for the move. And then my friend was preaching at another church in the evening. So I actually went to that before coming to record this. Wow, that's commitment. And uh, yeah, no, it was, it was really exciting. It's a good friend of mine. He was preaching on a topic that uh, he and I have on a particular passage that he and I have both studied in depth. And when I say in depth, like we've both written like 20 plus page peppers, papers on the same like eight verses. Peppers, peppers. Um, <laughs> we we, so we it, ate a bunch of peppers and then we talked about Jesus. It was very exciting. The theological nerd in me was hyped. And I am looking forward to, uh, we unfortunately didn't have time to today, but in another day, getting in deep with our disagreements on our interpretations and hermeneutical approaches. Well, if we still have any listeners passage. after that. <laughs> uh, yeah, it just scared off Whoa, you all of You almost scared me off. I'm like, I'll uh, stop recording. recording. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, no, but yeah, so I've been super busy. I've got a move going on. I'm actually in between places right now. I'm not going to say that I'm homeless directly. I might joke about it, but I'm not actually homeless because uh, I do have a yes, place to put my mail to. What about your cat? But, what about Poppy? Is she homeless? Uh, I, she is sort of homeless. So we've got a family member who is kind enough to let us keep Poppy along with some of our stuff at their home during our transition period because we got uh, a period of time from when we had to be out of our apartment and now we were waiting Mm -hmm. to get keys to the new place so we're in between places we're staying with family we're also storing poppy with a different family member so the poor little thing is uh we're seeing her once a day when we have time going over there giving her food giving her lots of pets um, but probably no more than 30 minutes at a time. And then she's just stuck in a room by herself with all of the rest of her boxes. And there's a bed and uh, we we keep replacing the batteries on the toys. So she has plenty of things to do. And I cannot wait to get her back into a home where I come home from work. And Aww. I can just pet her. She comes running. I can pet her. So, which also doesn't happen frequently because it, admittedly Poppy is Melissa's cat through and through and she's very loyal yeah. to melissa and she just deals with that's her. fine but. you know your place that's important <laughs> um yeah so it's it's a really strange transition period i'm admittedly recording this podcast not in my usual location and uh not necessarily a bad thing it's just it, this is a strange one for me i kind of dig it 
I think this is this is going to end up being a very lighthearted yes, podcast. Yes, yes. Well, episode. we we had a very uh, fair warning. Trolls is a very heavy topic, so yeah. So uh, on that note, uh, my the the weird thing about saying Poppy every day is because she hasn't had inter human interaction for give or take twenty four hours at a time because we've been trying to go around the same time every day. Is like today when I went in, I opened the door and her tail immediately floofed up. Oh, like, oh my god, baby. there's an intruder. Uh, yeah, and I just gave her a can of wet food and was petting her down and getting yeah. her to calm down before I left. I've, I've felt a little bad. I've been I've been also very yep. busy, and Kiri hasn't gotten her normal amount of attention, which is probably you know too much attention. But uh, like I've just been playing guitar or working on my computer because I've had a lot of I've had a lot of gigs lately. Um, I had I I did two things this past week for me. But I think we're going to talk about that in a minute. Um, I do want to talk about, however, uh, something that is new to me as we're recording this. And as we release this, it will have happened just a mere days ago. The Vancouver Guitar Festival. Taking the train up to Vancouver. Gonna... You might as well become a Canadian citizen at the rate you're going. God, just like just, I want to be embraced in the warm arms of Mother Canada. Um, I just want poutine. Is that bad? No, I want poutine and free healthcare. That sounds uh, like the perfect dream. Single payer. Um, yeah, I will be picking up my teeny tuna, the guitar that Layla from Tuna Tone is building me. Oh my god, are you serious? Yeah, I'm like less than a week away from. Like this time next week, I will be like getting back into Seattle with my guitar. I might actually have to come visit you. You might. You might. I'm so excited. It's not even my guitar, and I'm grinning ear to ear oh, right now. Oh yes, 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 yes. So it's. I am so beyond excited. I might even uh, want to use the word stoked. I'm stoked, man. I'm stoked. Yes. So totally stoked. stoked, so righteous. Also, what really I was really stoked um, on Thursday. Uh, I had a gig, and after the gig, like it was um, two shows one night kind of thing. And after the second show, I I hop off stage. I run to go get uh, my guitar case so we can load up and get home because Rick and I have to work in the morning. And uh, as I leave the green room, I turn the corner. I see Rick at the front of the stage, kind of wrapping up my cables, and I see someone talking to him. And this person turns around and says. Oh, hi. And it takes it. I am just very used to uh, people recognizing me when I don't know who they are. And that started in college when I was the librarian. So mm-hmm. I've gotten very good at like someone seems to recognize me. So that I'm just friendly and I act like I recognize them and all and all that stuff. And I, so I mean, it's like, oh, hi, just like my normal warm kind of tone. And just for the record, if you've ever like, so I used to work events sometimes and if I were selling drink tickets uh, because a volunteer didn't show up or whatever, I would just always greet everybody with such enthusiasm that several times during the night people would lean forward and say, do I know you from somewhere? Just because it was such a warm greeting. But that's like, oh, hey. Uh uh, that's because people in Seattle aren't used to uh, friendliness, Midwestern hospitality. They are not, but uh, I realize the Seattle freeze for nothing. Yes, they don't. Um, that is a thing. But I paused and I realized it was my cousin, who I haven't seen in four years. She was in Seattle and came to my show and surprised me, and it was so so cool. I lost my nut. It was amazing. And we ended up hanging out. She just left town last night, but uh, it was it was really gosh, I just love that kind of thing. That's incredible. I mean, I have a lot of cousins, and I think I would lose my ish if like one of them showed up to a show. I have one cousin, Andrew. <laughs> That's crazy. I I have lost count of the number of cousins I have. I have one full cousin and a lot of second, third cousins. Etc. And try to think first cousins I have, and keep in mind, I don't have any cousins on my dad's side. So on my mom's side, I think we're somewhere in the twenties. Yikes! For number. Well, my uh, uh, my dad and my mom both just had the one sibling, 
and uh, my my mom's sister didn't have children, and my dad's sister had one. So I have a total of eight aunts and uncles. Oh my gosh, how expensive was your wedding? They weren't invited. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. But that's also probably okay. They weren't like explicitly not invited, but my wedding was planned in about two weeks. It's a really long, like literally two weeks. It's a really long story. Uh, so they, we live streamed my wedding to the family. And my understanding from what I was told is that we, my cousins, one of my like 18 million cousins set it up a live stream in my grandpa's living room and a number of family members attended to watch the live stream. I don't know how many, and I don't know who is lying about whether or not they actually tuned in. (laughs) That's amazing. Uh, yeah, no, my wedding was like, there's only like 40 people. It was really small. Yeah, that was about was that was really about the size minute. of my wedding, but we had an 18-month engagement. Uh, I had, let's see here, I got engaged November 10th, and we got married on January 9th. That is fast. Yeah. So, it oh. was quick. Indeed. So, Yeah. Anyways, uh, before I start getting sappy about how amazing my wife is and how awesome it has been to be married to her, we can move on a little. Do bit. you want to get all sappy about how much you love Jennings guitars? Uh, oh, we're not quite. We're not quite to sponsors yet. Not that I. We're not. Oh, that's right. You had a story. Uh, I have a musical experience of sorts. So, uh, a byproduct of the move is that I haven't really touched my guitars in about a month now, and. That kills me on so many levels, but uh, it, it echoes a, a tendency of mine it, is that idle hands uh, are the devil's playthings in the sense that if I don't have access to an instrument, I find other ways to express myself. And inevitably, it's by embarrassing myself with the sounds that I can produce with my mouth. And so for uh, a primary example of this is uh, when I moved to college, I was primarily a drummer couldn't bring my drum set with me at the dorms. And so I started experimenting with beatboxing. Now I'm not going to pretend like I'm amazing at beatboxing, but I got to a level where I wasn't entirely embarrassed every time I opened my mouth to do it. And this time has taken a slightly different turn. I, I haven't been able to play guitar. And I, while I can't emulate guitar sounds with my mouth, I found myself starting to hum melodies. Uh, in unique ways. And I don't really like the sound of my own singing voice since I don't tend to sing sing. And so I tend to like hum or do other things. And I I accidentally stumbled upon uh, creating little trumpet noises with my mouth. And it's incredibly dorky and incredibly fun. Uh, But you know what? I'm having a lot of fun with it and it's helping make up for the fact that my guitars are all locked up in their cases for the last month. So, yeah. Uh, To that end, I... Do you mind if I dare to embarrass myself a little bit in the podcast? I was going to. De- I was going to demand it, Andrew. <laughs> uh, so we're going to do something kind of fun here. I, I I'm going to attempt, and I say attempt because, uh, especially with my singing voice, I can be a little tone deaf, and I have a hard time finding pitches. I'm going to attempt to do it. Uh, uh, it's not even a hook. It's it's a specifically a trumpet part from a pop song and how oh, wait it's, it's been released within the last decade i forget which year it was released uh if you can guess the artist and the song and send it to us first person that gets it right we're going to send a sticker to how does that sound yes that sounds good all right so i'm going to give it. it a shot and you know, I'm not even gonna. I'm not even gonna front this with. Give me some grace if I screw up. I'm just gonna. I'm just gonna go for it. I'm gonna full improv this. Is that it? I think I, that was it. I was going to joke that what if I guessed it, but I I don't know. I don't know what that is. So I should have got a, a glass of water. I feel like I'm really insecure now that it wasn't quite the full tone that I've been working on. That was good, though. That was a lot of tone. But, but that was 
That was mouth horn. I would call that mouth trumpet. I, I, I've been working on trying to get a little bit better. I, I This is so far, I, I have no dignity right now. I'm just completely, I'm <laughs> completely gunning for it. Um, I, I, I know I could do better, but I'm not, I'm not even going to defend it. I'm just, that's where I'm at right now. I'm having fun with it. So yeah, that's, that's cool. Yeah. So I respect that. I, I don't think it was so pitchy that you can't understand it. So anyways, first person to get that right gets a sticker. And like, I would be very impressed by whoever got that right. That pitchy. <laughs> no, it's like, I, I don't know it. And actually, I bet Rick would know what it was. Uh, all I guess the only hint I can give other than that is uh, Canada is responsible. Canada is responsible. That does narrow it down a bit. Well, I know Shania Twain is Canadian, but I don't think that's a Shania Twain song. It all I'm gonna say is it's pop, and it's just it's a it's a trumpet break from a pop song. Is a trumpet break in a pop song? Huh. Yeah, it's specifically a trumpet Interesting. break. Interesting. So, anyways, I'm done embarrassing myself. No, we need to myself. hear it one more time. Uh, one. <laughs> I think two is plenty. I don't have a glass of water in front of me, so I can pretend like I need it to. Huh sort out what's yeah. going on but no that's that's good um anyways if anyone wants to do an acapella beatbox mouth trumpet group i'm not gonna say i'm gonna do it <laughs> but i'm not gonna say i'm opposed either and i'm certainly not gonna say that it's gonna go anywhere because i don't have any delusion of i'll do i'll here. i'll be on the snapping but. points how's that There we go. So anyways, I can't wait to get to the new place and I can't wait to get my amps plugged in and get back to doing what I normally do so I don't have to torture everybody. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, so before we get to sponsors, that pretty much introduces the topic of, uh, of what we're going to get into today. We're going to do a quick lighthearted discussion on improv versus rehearsed music and what exactly is music and why do we like it and why do we like playing it specifically whoa how big <laughs> so incredibly vague we're gonna we're gonna try and tackle that in the brief amount of time that we have to record this and have some fun with it but first sponsors do you want to yeah, go first sure um I, oh hold on one second one second oh no no it passed i thought i had to sneeze wrist grips is sponsoring the podcast and i'm really digging them i need to give you yours oh i was literally just in your neighborhood earlier what where yeah uh, i was in fremont for the solstice uh no for church oh yeah i mean i guess those are kind of different very different things i mean yeah you mean you don't want to celebrate the pagan rituals i don't want to ride my bicycle naked oh well no you have to be in the parade for that you don't get to just do that willy nilly get it <laughs> <laughs> i'm the one with the dad jokes oh well they're dirty they're kind of dirty dad jokes but they're more like uh dirty grandpa jokes <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> oh. Let's be honest. Dirty grandpa. Was that was that Robert De Niro or whatever? Is that movie? Bad Grandpa. Yeah. Is that what it was? I, I never watched it. I just remember seeing the trailers and I'm like, how the heck does uh it what's was the his guy face who plays the Robert um, De Niro? He was, was it, in uh, high school musical and also Harris Zach Efron. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Zac Efron, like, of all of the people I can think of in Hollywood, how the heck does Zac Efron deserve to star in a movie with Robert De Niro? Like, whoa. Also, why uh, was Robert so was De Niro in that just trash pile of a movie? So, <laughs> I mean, if I had that much, if I, if my career didn't bank on whether or not every movie I did was doing well, I'm not going to say I wouldn't do a piece of trash like that. 
but I also don't know the full contents of what's in that, and so I'm just going to stop myself there. It's it's I my understanding that that movie everything. is as bad as you would think it would be. But back to risk grips. So risk grips are <laughs> um, <clears throat> they're these uh, they're they have Velcro and you wrap them around your wrist and it stabilizes, it compresses. It's supposed to help with with blood flow. Um, you can wear them while you're playing or when you're not playing, and. I, I mean, I'm on a computer all day, so I'm typing, and then I go and play guitar. So these are these are all activities that are not great for my wrists. Um, so I've been wearing those, and I I I do quite dig them. I'm I'm really excited to try them because I admittedly do get uh, some wrist pain, especially when playing for extended periods of time. And I don't know if that's a byproduct of me being quote unquote self taught slash just trying to copy everybody else because I've never actually taken a guitar lesson. What? Uh, I've never in my life sat down and had a guitar lesson with someone. That is, that is, I don't like that. <laughs> uh, I mean, I guess the closest I came to my dad showed me four chords when I started off. And by showed me, he spent 15 minutes to show me and then I just kind of took it from there and practiced. I, I couldn't even get them right at the time. I just remember writing them down on a notebook. <laughs> And that's been about the extent of the guitar lessons. Everything else I've had has come from self-determination, trying to learn, and then playing live with other people and just faking it. Yeah. Um, yeah. So you could probably use so. some help with your uh, just understanding your technique maybe a little bit. Yes. So I de- I, I pro- I'm sure I need help with technique, but I, I certainly could really benefit. I spend a lot of time. In, I do have a day job. I spend a lot of time typing at keyboards and it, when I'm working a lot, I do notice that playing guitar is that much more comfortable, and I'm really excited to try out the wrist grips and to see how that works. Yeah. So I'm sure we've got plenty to share mm-hmm. back on that. Yes, yeah, so I will share. I, I mean, I only have two hands, so I guess I'll share. It's like twenty bucks for a set. That's no, not that's bad really at all. Good. Like, I think that's nothing. If we might have a discount code, fifteen percent off. Um, I know we discussed it. it we discussed it, it was get offset hyphen fifteen. So try that code. Um, uh, before this episode drops, I will talk to Ryan from the company and make sure we get that one set up for you all. Yeah. So, and then the other sponsor is drum roll, please. Uh, Jennings Guitars. Yes, really. And- yeah, no, Ch- Chad has been great, and I've got uh, an order in with him uh, that is 95% sorted out, waiting to sort out that last 5% of it. We're just kind of talking over the details of what can and cannot be done. I cannot wait. Like, I'm really excited for your tuna tone build. It is. But it's your tuna tone build, and it. I'm talking about, like, I'm trying to build my dream guitar with Chad right now, and I cannot. Like, I'm quivering. Uh, it's you're talking about your baby well no my baby is a completely different human but ah uh, yeah, yeah. your um, your instrumental baby uh it'll be the nicest guitar i'll be able to own this decade yeah. no questions asked nice. i cannot wait uh everything i have yeah i can't say enough good things about my experience with chad for customer service and for the the products that he puts out are incredible yeah uh, so i'm looking forward to playing authentic with Jennings. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> it's oh, a yeah. completely original. You could you, 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 you had to, you just, you had to. I had to, I'm sure that that's a hot button topic right now. I think we, we, we're going to let it lay down for a couple of weeks before we even think about tackling it. I'm uh, hoping, hoping, hoping that we've got a friend of mine coming on. I'm, gonna, I'm just going to leave it at that. But I'm hoping a friend of mine's going to join us for an episode of the podcast to talk a little bit more about some of the underlying philosophical topics that have to do with the nonsense that we've had from Gibson the last couple of weeks. Um, it is it is some hot nonsense. I, you know, I I'm just gonna I'm not going to share my thoughts at this point. I've got many thoughts, and I think a lot of people would be surprised to hear the thoughts that I do have. Uh, I, I think there's a lot more going and I think that there's a lot more to the conversation than simply what Gibson's up to right now. I think there's a lot to talk about as far as an industry and the type of things mm-hmm. that happen. Yeah. So I, I, if we do have a conversation, I don't want it to be just about Gibson, but we'll see if we'll see what we can 
workout in terms of writing the episode and getting uh, a co-host in who would be very exciting to talk about. Yeah, that's cool. I'm looking forward to it. So yeah, anyways, uh, I'm getting a Jennings guitar. It's happening. Yeah. Uh, I think actually here in a couple of days, I will have got the last bit of money together for Chad. So Chad, if you're listening to this, by the time this episode's released, (laughs) hopefully I have paid you for this officially. Um, And it's not just talk. I'm putting my money where my mouth is at. And I... I don't think I'm going to regret it. I don't so. think you're going to regret More it. I don't think that. you really regret well-made custom guitars. I don't think that's a thing. No, not yeah. at all. So I. Uh, yeah. So are we ready to get into the topic? Let's get into the topic. Can I, can I introduce? I was hoping I uh, could introduce it because, okay. because I've been doing a lot of gigs lately and it's made me think about it. I'm just it. feeling left out. That's all. Oh, you should play more music. Step one, Ouch. Uh, take a lesson. Step step one, buy a house and never move ever again. Yes, that is helpful. Um, no, so I've um, recently sort of reduced the amount of freelance work I'm doing, which has freed me up for the first time since moving to Seattle to pursue playing music with people because I'm not just busy all of the time. So I've been able to um, pick up a couple gigs and those have gone about three different ways. Um, a couple of those gigs were part of uh, a tribute to the legends of country music. Um, so how those have typically worked is I get the fight. I, I have a tentative set list of like 20 songs with the understanding that eventually I'm going to play on about 10 of those songs. And then uh, the night before... I get the set list (laughs) and then at the gig I get charts. So I don't know if you've ever done a gig where you just literally have to read a chart live and you practice that day and that's all the practice you get. But it's, it's really taken me back to uh, like doing jazz band and doing jazz camp where you get a chart a day and you learn the chart and then you figure out what you're actually going to do at a gig later. Um, and then the other kind of gig I got with a friend was I had her songs in advance. I sat down, I learned them. We went over them together. We had a couple of rehearsals and then we played them. And then the third kind of gig that I just sat in on this with this group for the first time. And it was really, really amazing and intimidating, uh, because those women are such great musicians. It was called blood moon orchestra and it, they just completely improvise songs. Like, the audience gives an idea to them on a little slip of paper and they just make up a song and it's different genres. It's different singers. It's like the singers are making up the words and the melody and the band is making up the backing track. So I feel like in the past month I've had these three such extremely different experiences involving playing music live from getting to be uber prepared to uh, having like 24 hours notice and just being expected to read a chart to uh, nobody knows what they're doing until they get on stage. That is quite the range. It is. So which one's the best? I like, (laughs) I like being able to be well rehearsed uh, personally. Yeah, like even with these these uh, country music showcase shows, I listen to the tentative playlist. If there's a riff that's a guitar riff or a solo, I tend to sit down and, and try to learn it just with the understanding that uh, if the key changes, I'm going to have to move up and down the fretboard. But like improvisation has never been, like live improvisation has never been my strongest suit. Like I can improvise with myself in my bedroom or my office uh for hours but once you put me up there with other people and i'm like trying to follow what what key we're in or god worse having to set the key <laughs> it's it's just so different it's it's scary mhm it's intimidating it is but you know i like to do things that ha- scare the the piss out of me and so far they've turned out all right Good. 
Yeah, but I so I I did kick it off, and now I'm very curious uh, to what you were going to say because it sounded like you had something in there. I have many, many, many thoughts uh, as to whether improv or rehearsed or uh, I think briefly rehearsed is just a is a is a lame middle ground, in my opinion. Uh, yeah. I don't, I don't like the brief rehearsal because then I'm like, well, I kind of know what's happening, but then like, we're not, it's not, it's not organic, but it's not rehearsed either. I don't know. So I, I I like, I like that because it's, 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 it's certainly time efficient. It is time efficient. And I I understand that uh, particularly orchestral pieces. So like a lot of what you hear uh, from movie scores People are either sight reading it for the live recording it because they're professional musicians that can do that. Yes. With uh, which I am certainly not. Uh, I can sight they, read a they, chord they... chart, but that's about it. Um, I'm. I think I'm out of practice enough where sight. I could maybe keep up with a chord chart. If I, I, I almost would have to work my way back up to that, depending on what chords are involved. Yeah, I'm uh, gonna be honest. This past time we're playing a Patsy Klein song and there was a major minor seventh and I saw that and I looked at the band leader Marina and she's like, Are you, you're going to give me that major minor seventh next time, right? And I was like, yeah, hold on. I had, I had to look that chord up. I had not seen that chord. I've maybe seen that chord once. Well, it's the root major third, perfect fifth plus the minor seventh, right? Are you making that up? No, I'm serious. <laughs> I'm not a theory person. I don't I know theory. What, I'm second my guessing myself now. I'm trying to think, but I, I, I do agree that I have to take a second at least think about it. I um, just know I played a minor chord, and then uh, instead of the the uh, fourth string, instead of having it, I just moved the the note on the fourth string down a half a step, and then I put my wanna, pinky you somewhere else. You want to move it down. Because if that if that fourth note was the octave up from the root, and you move down half a step, then you get a major seventh, and you want to bring that down a full step for the minor seventh. I don't know if that's right. That's what I think. I don't know. Major minor seventh chord. But all I know I'm is, also, hey, I played, I played a chord good. that sounded good. Well, that's good. I and this is also this is the funny thing about me is I'm I'm good at math. I hate it. I am so by the same virtue. I am, I am good at the conceptualization of music theory, but the actual like getting my fingers to follow what's going on in my head is is difficult. Uh, and so I actually have enjoyed historically like writing the music more than I have of like playing it out. Anyways, uh, so all that to say is I think I could get that conceptual in my head. There's no way in hell I'm actually getting that on the keyboard sight reading on the fretboard. Uh, or the keyboard sight reading. That. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, I, I looked that one up, but I'm not even uh, embarrassed. No need, no need for shame. Uh, so, I, I'm gonna keep this fairly brief, and I'm gonna focus on the improv side of things. The reason why I say that is, rehearsed music is uh, often expected, and I think rehearsed music is great if. And only if you retain the elements of uh, that that human level of interaction. So if it's completely rehearsed to uh, an orchestral level, I think there's something beautiful about that, but also something sterile. And I think this is where I, if I'm going to listen to classical music, I sincerely enjoy listening to it live and watching the conductor. And the reason for that is because it's not like you're just playing at a click track. You're watching the conductor play through it uh, and conduct it. And it's just so organic. And there's that human interaction that I love so much. And I think so much of what I personally enjoy about music is that human interaction. It's the relationship between members in a band. And I think that's so key. And so whereas rehearsed music is great, is if you lose that, it's pointless, one thousand percent pointless, and I think that's where EDM loses me a lot. Aww. Uh, I don't get me wrong. I think EDM has there's a lot of great lessons learned from it, and for 
on a personal level, I have a pursuit for understanding what gives, what specifically gives music and composition energy. The concept of energy is something that fascinates me to absolutely no end. And that's something that EDM often does incredibly well. And um, anyways, I digress. Human interaction, incredibly important. And this is where I think improv in, I think is the most pure manifestation of music. I, I'm going to say that and I'm not going to back down from that. Well, I mean, it sure. I mean, I that's kind of, it's how, that's how every song ever written starts. Well, okay. I don't know about that, but certainly many. Uh, I, I, it's, it's so. I'm sorry. Every song, like if you're writing a song, you're improvising with yourself. Like, I don't know how you can disagree with that. Have you listened to the top 40? It's very for- formulaic. Um, okay. Sure. <laughs> uh, sorry, I'm being condescending. That was, that was mean. There's a lot of good top 40 music. <laughs> there is. I just think a lot of it's formulaic. Um, yeah. Songs are little formulas. You said yourself you like math. I do like math. And you know math, if you like math, if you like music then you understand like structure. I think, I think that structure is important. I think there's, there's a place for formula. I think people like to be able to um, feel like they know a song the first time they hear it. I think if you can get that feeling with a song, then uh, you're going to find some success with it. So. All right. I'm going to take a deep breath. I'm going to allow my passions to cool off just a second. And then I'm going to hop back into it in a less conversation. <laughs> that sounds manner. good. That sound? But I will say, uh, Andrew, for okay. the for the improv gig, I was so nervous. And you just like calmed me the, the I almost said the F word. You calmed me <laughs> down. Yeah. Me a word. That, was a, that, was a, that was a damn fine pep talk, Andrew. Damn fine. Well, I, so I was just speaking off the cuff. None of it was, it's not like I've got that like rehearsed down. I'm trying to scroll up in the conversation. It's long enough ago that, um, yeah. I, I'm just going to, I'm just going to go kind of with it. I mean, I, I feel very strongly about improv for a handful of reasons, but I think the human interaction portion of it is something that you can't lose in improv. I mean, it's so incredibly important. Um, this is one of the reasons why I love listening. Uh, jazz is a, a genre that comes to mind that I think is so exquisite on that level. It, it, trading fours is just so much fun. Uh, so I, I, what we get is this human element of this back and forth. Nothing is planned. It's all unexpected. It's all just with a flow. And I think that allows so much more emotion again. And there are no wrong notes. Part of that is just the fact that it's jazz. I mean, if you get the key wrong, it's just, you just call it jazz. Uh, oh, yeah. That's that's the joke. Like, oh, you just <laughs> went out away from jazz. Uh, obviously, there is a level formulaic uh, element to it. But I think there's something so special and so beautiful about improv that whether it be jazz, whether it be you know, just playing punk rock in the garage, I mean, just the whole gambit, I there's something about that that you replace every bandmate is important. You replace one bandmate with someone else, and you get something different. Yeah. And I, it, there's something so unique and so human about that. Uh, I, I really, I really like that. You're very um, into to humanity tonight. I. I am, and I, I'm not even. I'm not even sorry about it. No, that's cool. I mean, when I was playing the the gigs on um, Thursday, in between shows, I was talking to the band leader, uh, Marina, and uh, and she's like, yeah, I know that you learned the solos, but like, she's like, I'm a jazz guy, I like improv, so uh, like, I just want to know like what's inside of you, what you can pull out. I'm like, yeah, that's awesome. Like, I just wish that I I just need to do it more so that I can feel more confident doing it because like no matter what you do, whether it's having weeks to prep for a show or a day to read through a chart, uh, 
or improvising an, an entire like hour to 90 minutes of music like like the more you do it the more confident you get and i think that it behooves musicians as we are to try all the different things and to right. do them as much as you humanly can oh humanly humanly uh so i i just scrolled up and found the the part where i i i gave a pep talk and i'm i'm just gonna paraphrase reading through this real quick do it since i am such yeah for crying i went to church twice today i'm not even i'm just in a very existential mood um so i don't think that's the word you're looking for i i'm in a you know, I think that is the word I'm looking for. Because existentialism is the idea of the cruel indifference of the universe, so I don't fully think... I'm in a very self-reflective, Good. experiential mode. Yes. Mood. Mode. Um, mode. Mode and mood both work for that, actually. <laughs> so, um, thanks, Freud. Uh, so, here we go. Uh, so, you asked... So, I'm just going to throw this out there so you said i got invited to do improv i'm not sure i want to do it and i said improv is one of the most fun things that you can do live which i stand by uh and then i get into a little bit more of my off the cuff i was in the middle of a work day i don't know how the hell i came up with this level of like hippiness but here we go i said here's the thing improv is fluid and natural it's more about the emotion than notes uh, it's transcendent. Uh, if you relax and just do it, you don't have to worry about the mistakes. Uh, it's all about playing off the other members of the band and all wrong notes are just jazz. So there you go. I, I use that joke again. So I'm just recycling <laughs> jokes here. And then, uh, and then, and then that's, that's all I felt. That's all I like read. And then later on I read back and, and you said like something like, if you're going to be uptight about it, just don't do it. <laughs> right. Right. So less uh, helpful. So, I don't even think I wrote this. Did I even write this? What the heck? Uh, this is great. I, I'm i just... Wow. Okay, Andrew. Past Andrew is clearly paying attention in class. So I, I said that uh, part of why drinking before a show works, and I'd like to edit that and say works in quotation marks, is the, uh, the same reason why drinking at a party works. It loosens you up and relieves you of expectations. It allows you to just exist. Isn't that the dream to just exist? Uh, so I'm not saying that you should drink before improv. What I am saying is just relax, say F it to the expectations, because if there were expectations, it wouldn't be called improv. That was nice. And then you told me if I was going to be uptight, I just shouldn't do it. I, I did say that. <laughs> I went back and read that later, and then I felt bad again. <laughs> I was like, um, But no, I mean... the. I did it. And I did the thing. The beauty of improv is yeah. just the ability to exist. And there is, it's hearkening into this. I'm going to step back into my self-reflective mood of what it means to be human is there's the concept of uh, an innate human desire is to know and to be known. And there's something about improv that allows you to exist and to be known in such a vulnerable way that is so incredibly I sound like such a hippie, but I don't, I'm not even you mad do. about it. You do. I mean, you need to do this in your California voice. Just like, you just got to transcend it, man. Like, just be you. Like, just no expectations. You just got to exist, man. Yup. Um, that sounds right. No, but I mean, as crazy as I sound, anyone who's done improv is, I'm sure, has got to resonate with what I'm saying. Because there is that level of, you're just there. You're doing it. It's just, it's fun. You're doing it live. I mean. It doesn't get better than that. And I think that's the element that is arguably sorely missing from a lot of contemporary music. But more importantly, I think is the reason why I play music, why I think a lot of us enjoy music because of how it brings people together, because of how it allows you to open up and just be yourself. Yeah. It is an expressive tool. It is it is a very human tool that allows us to heal. It allows us to explore. It just... It, Music is such an incredible, powerful force. One one might also argue that improv can often be a little um, self-involved. Like one thing that I love about playing music and one thing that I've been loving about like every cover band I've been in, uh, this Legends of these 
Legendary Women of Country Music series is that when you play people's song, like the song that they know, that they love, and you 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 know the riffs and you get the solo right, they, they're just so into it and they're dancing and they're having a great time. And I like the... Not I obviously there are a ton of people who enjoy improv and I'm one of them. I love going to a good jazz show and seeing people just wail. Um, I also love a, a well rehearsed band and I respect that because I know that takes a lot of work. It takes a lot of work to oh, remember. Yeah. It takes a lot of work to memorize that music. Prince's band they always had like dozens and dozens and dozens of songs like in their brain in case he decides one day he wanted to play another lonely Christmas or some something that is like a B side to a B side kind of situation. And right. uh, I, that I have so much respect for. And I just, I love feeling well rehearsed. It makes me feel confident. And uh, I like working to memorize things. And that's, that's just something that I enjoy. It's one of the reasons I play music is to, cause I feel like if, I guess this is maybe not so true, but I know that when I learn something that someone else wrote, I'm learning for my own and I'm uh, developing a skill set. And I feel like that if uh, you get too into improv, there's a chance that, uh, and this happens with, with writing too. Like if you, if all you ever do with guitar is write on it, like songs, then you might not ever learn how to, play it in in some ways or you may never progress past a certain point if you never like learn a solo that you thought was that you would never be able to play then you're never going to be able to play it and uh if all you do is improvise without also going in and learning specific tricks and turns you're, I don't I don't know how you really grow from there. Right. Well, so I, my point isn't that improv is inherently the only form of music that can achieve that sort of thing. I do think it creates an incredible environment for a lot of that to blossom. Well, that's why people go to fish I, shows. That's why like thousands and thousands and thousands of people go to fish shows. Like they enjoy that. And they are also like the audience themselves, they feel like they're part of an experience it's great right right well uh well yeah absolutely being a part of experience and i it, for people who attend i mean i go to shows whenever i can and I, I i'm the one in the front row screaming the lyrics uh off the top of my head just obnoxiously yeah that was Rick last night a lot of that is beautiful thing beautiful thing i mean that's that's shared experience that's the same reason why a lot of what i just described with some of the beauty that i see in improv a lot of people get that out of playing in cover bands it's because you're you're, it's a joint. I think that's where you're going from a personal expression experience to. Uh, you're joining a joint experience and expressing yourself through that. Uh, I, I think the, the hippie in me is saying basically that music allows that level of self-expression, uh, and I just happen to think that improv is an incredible catalyst for that to happen on a deeper level, but. It certainly happens on many levels and in many different forms of music. Mm-hmm. So, I I'm a fan of music in general. Yeah. And I I think that's I hope that's apparent by now. Oh, totally. And I um, um yeah I mean I we've been chatting a while. I think it's probably time to to hit the hay. Yeah, I'm starting to. I'm sorry to talk in circles a little bit. I think something that I haven't said yet that I do want to just add into the mix of food for thought is that with improv, for anyone who's feeling like they aren't good enough to keep up with the mix, uh, I propose to you that that's kind of the whole stinking point. And okay, not the whole point. I think that's a huge part of the point. I think it's incredibly integral to the soul of improv because if everybody was just shredding all over the place that'd be boring yeah is to have that range as well as there's just the reality that not every musician on any given stage is equal yeah i mean for crying out loud anyone who's listened to limp biscuit knows that their guitar player kicks ass and everybody else is just kind of there. <sighs> so <laughs> uh 
My point being, the bar is on the ground when it comes to Limp Bizkit, dude. Uh, you know, new metal has its place. Yeah, sure. Uh, and I, I, I kind of dig it. So. Oh God! Just the, the 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 soundtrack to to being bullied is is like Limp Bizkit. <laughs> uh, my point is this. Surround yourself with people who play better than you. Oh, totally. And just allow just... yourself to not be the best player in the room. Allow yourself to be challenged. If you're scared of improv because you're scared you're going to screw it up, that is the best reason to do it, anyways. Yeah. No, it, it's like my I had a math teacher always said the the if you want to be smarter, then hang out with smart people. So. Right. If you're the smartest person in the room, you're not learning. You're just stroking your own ego. Yes, and that is boring. Uh, well, I mean, it, it's exciting for about 15 minutes. Uh, I, I'm not going to lie. I like the attention. <laughs> yeah, I think that's why we have this podcast. It's a joke we're... because I'm never the smartest person in the room because I'm not that smart. I'm, I'm sometimes the smartest person in the room. I believe that. I wouldn't believe that about myself, yeah. but... I wasn't the smartest uh, yeah, person so anyways, at my that's... wedding by a lot. Man, there's some smart people. Uh, but we are getting farther away from it. Uh, yes. I like to be well rehearsed. You like to improvise. I would like to encourage you to take guitar lessons. <laughs> <laughs> I will consider taking guitar lessons at some point. And I just want to encourage people to be human and to embrace that. Oh, fact. gosh. I mean, you, you said two tall boys. You, you're, you sound like you've smoked a bunch of weed. <laughs> <laughs> well, I can honestly say I am completely sober right now. I believe that. And you had those beers is, a long time ago. It's late. I'm going to go to bed now. It's worn off quite yes. a bit. Uh, oh, gosh. It's yeah, late. So okay. It, it is pretty late. I am saying everything that I've said this episode is from the bottom of my heart. I really mean it. Yes. Uh, and I want to encourage everybody. Step out. Be you. Be awesome. And uh yeah, let's talk about it in the chat some more. Yeah. Uh, join the page. Let's have some conversations. I want to hear what everybody's thoughts are. Uh, the nice thing about talking about improv is that there's always great stories that come along with it. So join the Facebook page. I want to hear your best improv stories. Go. Yes. Thanks for listening. Thanks for understanding. This has been the Get Offset Podcast. I'm Emily. I'm Andrew. Goodbye. Goodbye.